This morning's scripture does come from Joshua. And Joshua actually takes this moment at the end of this book to reminisce. And it seems like this time of year we do a good bit of reminiscing. And so with this, hear these words from Joshua 24, 1 through 3, and then 14 through 25. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Your fathers lived of old beyond the Euphrates, let me try that again. Euphrates, Terah, and the father of Abraham and of Nahor, they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And now fear the, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if you be unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in, which, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage and who did those great signs in our sight and pres preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you. After having done you good, and the people said to Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, Your witness is against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. And he said, Then put away the foreign gods which are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord the God of Israel. 
And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will serve and his voice will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, we have heard the words from the prophet, from the fighter, from the one who was true to you. May our hearts and our, and our minds be true to you this morning as we listen for your voice in spite of my own. May we draw nearer to you and may we glorify your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, as we talk about all of the wonderful things that are happening in Joshua's life, we also get an opportunity to talk about ourselves. And I, I kind of did that with the, with the children this morning, to make them think about the things that they have already achieved in, in their wise old years. They did some serious thinking. You could see their little eyebrows furrowed, and they were, they were really thinking about what they could do to be able to serve others. You know, sometimes, though, we don't take the opportunity to ask ourselves that question. What can we do to serve others? I mean, we've all heard the expression that it's better to give than to receive. And sometimes we don't equate that with serving one another. When Joshua was finally selected as the new leader of Israel before Moses had passed, he was chosen because of his obedience to God and for his willingness not only to motivate, but to bring on the people of Israel. The tide had turned finally over 40 years, that they were ready to quit whining and crying, and they were ready to serve God. But at the end of this, this book of Joshua, this chapter in the Israelites' lives, he stops and he makes them remember Remember all of the things that the people called Israel had gone through. Remembering that Abraham had traveled and all the little hiccups along the way. Remembering that there was, there was Isaac and how he came to be. In the verses that we skipped, it went down through all these different people, the, the different lineage of Israel to that part. And if we stop and we think about things, maybe for some of us, and I know last week was All Saints Sunday, we stop and we think about all the different things that have occurred in our lives and perhaps how things have stayed the same and maybe even how some things have changed. Well, let's face it, we're all getting older, right? And, and maybe if you're lucky enough not to have a, a gray hair yet, um, you know, maybe you look at your, your life being a little bit 
further along or, or you still have lots and lots of years left. Maybe you're at the point where you say, you know, I only have just so long left. And, and maybe that's where Joshua was, start, Joshua was starting. He was saying that, you know, we've done all these things and my time to lead you is coming to an end. But look at what you have done. Look at what you have done. And so he was giving thanks to God. But he was also giving the people that had been conquered along the way and who had chosen to start following Israel an opportunity. Now, we're giving many opportunities in life. Maybe we, we take them and maybe we don't. I know that I have passed on a lot of opportunities in my life and sometimes I have really regretted them. Sometimes I haven't. I was, I was satisfied with the choice that I had made. But there is always an opportunity to find a way to hold on to the covenant that you have made, I have made, at our baptism. Mm. So when we think about those kinds of things, we think about how we have been serving our Lord. As for me and for my house, I will serve the Lord, right? That's something that maybe many of us might even have in our own homes. But what does that really mean? As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Well, part of that is relationship. Did you know that we have an epidemic right now that's beyond the pandemic? There's an epidemic of loneliness. There's an epidemic of loneliness. I saw, saw statistics this, that, this week on, on loneliness that were heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. You know, God created us to be in relationship with God and to be in relationship with one another. Why did he create two human beings? So that there would be company for the other one right? And, and it goes on from there. Church, community, that's about relationship with God and with each other. It's a lifestyle. But what about those who are, feel like they're in the margins? Have we done a good job of serving or welcoming them in? making a place for them? And when's the last time that you actually offered an invitation to somebody to be able to warm the seat next to you? Hmm. You, you see, there's all kinds of ways we serve. We have musicians. We have people that take care of the cameras and the televisions. We have people that welcome and run the sweeper and set up the sacraments and help serve the sacraments and make sure newsletter articles and stamps and stickers and all kinds of things get done. There's people that help serve in the soup kitchen. There's people that help with the little ones. But there's always something more. 
something God created you for, for a time such as this. And as long as we draw breath, we're all supposed to be serving in some way, whether you're a prayer warrior or if you're somebody that can sit there and hold somebody's hand or if you can whip up a five-course dinner just like that. There's all kinds of ways to serve. And some of us are even better at using a hammer than others, right? Joshua knew all this, but he wanted the people to be loyal to God first. Loyal to God first. And what does that mean for us to be loyal to God first? Hmm. Well, for each of us, it might have a different kind of story. It, you, to be loyal to God might mean taking some time to be quiet in the morning and, and to pray and to read a little bit of scripture. Or to be loyal to God first would be meaning to come here to worship or, or being loyal to God first would be looking for a way to be able to serve somebody else. You know, we have an Aldi's here. Now, did I ever tell you about the Aldi's test? I don't see, see, I see blank faces. Did you know that leaving that little quarter in a cart makes people so very happy? Do you know it only cost you a quarter to serve somebody like that? And, 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 come on. Now, you are, if you've been to Aldi's and you're an Aldi shopper and you've been there and, and you go, that's the cart and it's got a quarter in it. And you grab it and you're happy and you start your shopping trip with a smile, don't you? Yes, see, I, I, I knew this. And, and what if you were able to pass that on? It cost you a quarter to have a, give a smile, to show some love. That's such an easy way to do it, right? Or, or what if you just simply held the door open for somebody and said good morning? Now, have you ever done that? You, you can walk into Walmart or Tops or wherever else you shop. And you can see the people that are going through the grocery store like it's the worst thing on the face of the earth. And they're, and they're standing in line at the deli. They have to stand in line. You know, that angry, angry face. How hard would it be to say hello and offer a smile to that person? I call that the smile test. See how many people you can make smile. It's kind of startling for some people, for people to say hello to them and smile and have a pleasant face. And the thing is, we have, we have the, the opportunity to turn everything around. I used to have a friend. I still have the friend. But he was grumpy Gus. I mean, everything was, he was, if he, if he were a woman, he would have been negative Nelly. And, and everything was just, and I had a rule in my house, no negativity. No negativity in my house. And it was a struggle for him, and his, his wife would giggle. 
But you know, when he came over to my house, he says, you know, I can't figure out why I feel better when I leave your house. Why? Because it's just about the attitude. Changing your heart and your thoughts to something more positive. Now, what if you were that kind of person who could just offer the little face, yeah, and say something nice? And try to keep the negative from your lips and your heart. And with, you know, that translates into something. It translates into being able to draw more people with honey than vinegar. Now, I know y'all have heard that saying before. Now, what would it look like if we were drawing people into rest? And to feel the love of God. You know, one of the old sayings I found on an old bulletin of this church is the stone placed with the warm hearts. Whew! That was a good one, right? Well, I'm going to resurrect that one. This is the stone place with the warm hearts. But we got to do it. And that means serving God and serving each other. What do you think? Sound like a plan? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you today. And I thank you for the history of this stone place with warm hearts. But I also thank you, Lord, for your history. Because your history shows us that you are always faithful and always kind. You loved us so much that you sent your son to this world to save us from ourselves. And Lord, you know, I knew I needed some saving. And I bet you a lot of others in here and in this community could say the same thing. So let us be the first to have our hearts transformed so that we too may share, share of all that you do and be able to share that by sharing with others, whether it be just a simple quarter or a smile or a how do you do. Let us begin there. Change hearts one by one, moment by moment, in our actions and in our words by serving you. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.